Welcome back to Watch. I'm Will. Here's always a sweet Dina Marie and Rach. So excited to get back into Crescent City. Dina is chomping at the bit to get started. She's chomping. She's chomping. Dina, would you like to take us away? Oh my gosh, yes. I am so excited for today's episode. We're going to be going on a little tour of Crescent City. I will be your trusty tour guide as we go to the meat market, to Mm -hmm. Jesse Ba's secret library, to Luna's temple, back to our trusty old gate, and who knows where else. Wow. This is, you know, the New York Times, they do what to do with 72 hours. And I think this is a solid, we're hitting a lot of spots. Here's what you got to do. Number one, you got to go to the meat market. When we left off last week, Bryce and Hunt were getting back from seeing Rune at his frat boy apartment where Bryce went to ask him about the Viper Queen. So Bryce gets back to her apartment. Hunt goes to the roof, but Bryce does not go to sleep. In fact, she waits about 30 minutes and then sneaks out, complete with her leather jacket, with a knife, and with, quote, something that packs a bit more punch, a.k.a. Mm. more guns. So exciting. (laughs) As soon as she gets to the meat market and gets off her scooter, Hunt lands next to her because obviously he sent her immediately and went after her. As soon as he lands, he basically yells, I am going to kill you. And there are a (laughs) bunch of people around who are just staring at them. Mm -hmm. Bryce responds by doing this typical dad joke thing that I absolutely love. She pushes back the sleeve of her jacket to look at a non-existent watch on her wrist. And just looks at him and is like, oh, you're two minutes late. (laughs) If you ever want to really own somebody, just whip that one out. It's like hard to come back from that. Tried and true. Whip out that invisible watch and give it a tap. I love an invisible watch move. It's so good. It's Mm -hmm. so lame that it almost dunks on the person receiving it. Right. Yeah. It's just, and to me, my preferred form of flirting, it's... It's perfect. Totally. (laughs) Okay, before we get into the meat market, here are some things that we need to know about it. Number one, it's a labyrinth of subterraneanly interconnected warehouses. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Less cool. There are three different levels, quote, just for flesh, mostly human, mostly living, where every fetish can be bought, Mm. where half-breeds, quote, are prized, and there is an occasional enslaved veneer. Not great. Mm, I prefer thinking about the Spice Bazaar. Oh, absolutely. The meat market. Yeah. And I got to say, I know there are some key differences here, but I can't help but picture this as the meatpacking district in New York City. Like, I know it's just because of the word meat and because there are warehouses where, if you've never been, there's no horrific non consensual brothel that I know of, but there are Mm -hmm. a lot of 24 year old finance boys. So both very dark places. (laughs) Yes, very dark. The meat market is run by the Viper Queen. Apparently she's ruled it for as long as anyone can remember. She is a serpentine shifter whose snake form, quote, is a true horror to behold. Do you think she's a, does she shrink to the size of a snake or is she human sized? snake oh i was picturing her as enormous cobra basilisk from like oh i don't think basilisk i like a cobra scary snake yeah i was getting kind of medusa vibes the way they're like oh she's a true Mm -hmm. horror to behold i'm like okay so you kind of almost can't even look at her well yeah she's a horror to behold in her snake form Mm -hmm. right 
But in her lady form, she's hot. She's just hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's super hot. Bryce and Hunt have a little verbal sparring match about Bryce, quote unquote, pulling stunts and Hunt having an ego and not trusting her. Hunt is like, I told you we have to follow protocol if we want to see the Viper Queen. And Bryce is like, we're not even here to do that. And then walks into the market. (laughs) We'll find out if that was true or not later. Quick sidebar for what I'm going to call Dina's quote corner, because as we enter the Mm -hmm. meat market, we get two different AOL away message quotes in the span of a single page. Mm -hmm. So number one, when you enter the meat market, there's apparently this giant mural with death and skeletons and things like that on it. It reads memento mori, which means remember that you will die. Okay, that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two... Hunt looks at Bryce's leather jacket and realizes that on the back of that, it's painted with a quote, through love, all is possible. My question for you both is, if you had to get one of these tattooed on your body today, which would you pick? And yes, it would have to be visible. Easily number one. Yeah, easily number one. Okay, great. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, first of all, I do like, it's like, La- it's Latin. We think, is it Latin? It must be. We're going to have to call boyfriend of, of the pod. Yeah. yeah. Latin. So it sounds good in Latin. It's like a phrase. It's fun. It sounds cool. I think it's more, I think the substance also for me. It's like, like that app. There's an app. What, that tells you that you're going to die? Three times a day. It gives you a notification, says you're going to die. All these people love it. Honestly, I kind of would love that. Interesting. Okay, I might get that yeah. out. I probably won't get the tattoo, though. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Coward. Uh, well, you never know. Maybe the three of us are together one day and we're drunk. We'll get Memento Mori tattoos. Watch Memento like, Mori tattoo. Yeah, yeah. So like, no, it's a Crescent City reference. Duh. <laughs> Duh. So Hunt is following Bryce around the market. He's kind of complaining in his head about how dangerous this is. And he has this moment where he's like, What was the use of his freedom if he was left in a dumpster behind one of these warehouses? Maybe that was what she wanted, to lure him here, use the meat market itself to kill him. It seems unlikely, but he kept one eye on her. Bro, not everything is about you. Have a single ounce of ability to understand a person. (laughs) She's not out to fucking kill you. I don't know. I'm just like, it's not about you. I hear you. I hear your stance on this issue. I will say, Hunt doesn't know... That Bryce is the protagonist of a book. <laughs> and he hasn't got he hasn't gotten to spend quite as much time with her when he's not there as we have. So I will just in his defense Good point. I, 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 myself, Rachel as the defender of men on this podcast. I'll just put someone that in there. has to. Someone has to. They're if under no one will assault. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's ally like you, Ron DeSantis, and Jordan Peterson. Wow, what a trio. That's all that's the the last bulwark. <laughs> protecting masculinity (laughs) and hunt Uh, okay i hear you i suppose he's not reading this book about her fine okay will this is what you were saying so as they're walking around sure this market is super dangerous and gross but it also is kind of fun it has all these metal workers specializing in intricate (laughs) little mechanisms it has exotic fruit there are scrolls and books Ugh. Yeah. No, it's so cool. Artisans? Artisans? It's just like artisans. Despite the risk of imminent death, I'd be showing up here on Saturday morning with my tote bags. Right. Yeah, that's the vibe. Bryce is kind of counting doors, and then she enters a random one. They go in, and it's a really gross apartment filled with lots of little bowls of salts that belong to a satyr. 
Seder. Seder. I think oh, Seder. Well, I only know that because of the audiobook. Don't okay. I? Well, I didn't know how to pronounce it, but I did look it up on Wikipedia. I assumed that you would, and that's <laughs> I'm glad because I didn't want, I didn't feel like it, and I was like, Dina's got this, so let's hear it. Because what's the difference between a Seder and a Fawn? I was wondering about that and whether we needed to issue another correction, but let's not. No, they are different. <laughs> so he does also have okay. um, hooves. I can't say that word, mm-hmm. and little horns, which are hid by a page boy cap, which is really cute, and apparently. Satyrs, God, that's hard for me to say, are one of a class of lustful, drunken woodland gods mm-hmm. in Roman representations as a man with goat's ears, tail, legs, and horns. So it's a mm-hmm. goat, not a deer. Goat, and goat versus a deer. Satyrs are widely seen as mischief makers who routinely played tricks on people and interfered with their personal property. They had insatiable sexual appetites and often sought to mm. seduce or ravish both nymphs and mortal women alike, though these attempts were not always successful. <laughs> okay. So this one this this particular satyr doesn't seem too horny. No, he seems if, very scared. If you'll excuse <laughs> except for the horns on his head. <laughs> except for the literal horns. But yes, he's actually quite terrified of Bryce. Which is pretty fun. She is trying to buy some obsidian salt, and black salts are used for summoning demons directly. Mm. This allows you to bypass the Northern Rift, because apparently hell is sealed off from them because you get to it via the rifts. They want obsidian salt, which is even worse than black salt, so that could summon something super bad and super big. Our little satyr in a page boy cap is like, that's too dangerous. I don't have it. It's illegal. And she's absolutely ruining his night. But he does eventually agree. Yeah, she really sort of put the squeeze on mm-hmm. by resorting to threats of violence. Yeah, but. she was really quick to the threats of violence. But I think that's probably how it goes in the meat market, you know? Yeah, different rules. Yeah, I think she knows her way yeah. around. She knows what to do. So it's like, okay, our adventure in the meat market is over. Let's go home. Nope, because Bryce opens the door to leave. And who do we have here but a tall, moon-skinned woman in a gold jumpsuit with sharp black bob and remarkable green snake-like eyes. The Viper Queen herself. Hot. Super hot. The jumpsuit sounds sick. Yeah, it seems sick. So she has this squad of hot fae yeah. lackeys yep. who defected from the fae house. Yep. And she secretes venom, which gets them kind of high and dumb and obsessed Yeah, with they're her. like addicted yeah. to it. It says they're vacant looking and dead behind the eyes. Yeah. Girl boss. <laughs> yeah, girl boss. <laughs> girl boss. I want to know where she's secreting the venom. I don't think we know. Oh, interesting. Oh. You do think it's like a constant thing? I thought it was like a couple times a week she like. Well, yeah, know. but from from like when her, spit, her, her body blood. is she. Oh, yeah, I thought like, she like transformed and did it, you know? Oh, maybe. I don't, know. I don't think and we And then know. where does it come out? Like, there's teeth? a lot of options. Yeah. Is like, this like the teeth straw thing that we were talking about with the vampire? Yeah. We don't yeah, know. I have no idea. No idea. I don't know where that venom is. I don't know, but it was giving me Rachel like Maeve vibes. Mm, Except yeah. she has yeah. really cool fashion and I kind of want to like her. So hopefully she's not yeah. exactly like that. The Viper Queen is like, let's go to my office. And Hunt is like, LOL, absolutely not. But Bryce just ignores him and follows her. He, our sweet himbo, finally realizes that this whole scheme was to get her attention and to go <laughs> see her. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Bryce is kind of smug about her success here. And Hunt is like, okay, we still might die. So don't be too smug just yet. Mm-hmm. Which is true. <laughs> well, and he says, Cthona's tits. Cthona's <laughs> tits. We have to do... Yeah, like a... We need to do a swear watch. I've been keeping track. We definitely have alpha hole and... How do you say it? Cthona? Cthona's tits. We also have Luna shoot him dead. Oh. <laughs> which is fun because she has yeah. her little quiver of arrows. Solus burn me. Great. Okay. Makes Solus sense. is Classic. the sun. There's also any god spare me. Right. I, love spare spare me. Me. I love I a spare me. I love a spare me. Spare me. Especially when someone says it out loud. Because in my yeah. mind, I think of saying spare me as very ironic. And I think they're saying it very earnestly. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, spare me. Is there an Erd curse yet? No. Uh, maybe. I don't know. You Erd turd. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that'll be it. <laughs> Yeah, SJM. You're welcome for that one. (laughs) Bryce and Hunt go into the Viper Queen's office, and I want us to brace ourselves right now because this is, I realize, very upsetting for a lot of people, particularly for Will. And so I just want to note that, like, I know it's going to be upsetting to talk about this. What? What is it? We go into the office. The Viper Queen opens the door, and it looks like the stockroom of a dive bar. There are no Mm. opulent drapes. There's no Mm -mm. carved oak desk. No. Instead, we have a dented metal desk. There's a water stain on the ceiling, a full wall of stacked cardboard boxes, and a computer that's 20 years out of date. I know that we all love our interior design porn here, and this is like such a letdown. Yeah, this is the anti-porn. Yeah, it's anti-daddy Autumn King vibes. And it's unclear to me. I don't really understand why. I mean, Bryce doesn't understand either. Like, why? In my head, the way I dealt with this, this is just where she, this is for effect. And she has a mm. real office somewhere that's chic, yeah, there's and there's, this, there's a there's lot like of a emerald green. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like is, her lair. Right. This is just to, like make people think she's you know whatever like she doesn't give a Rough. shit about I mean, anything correct. kind of thing yeah yeah okay great that's what i'm gonna roll with too because you can't be wearing this fabulous gold jumpsuit in this office the viper queen lights a cigarette and is like so you guys want to hear about danica <laughs> she knows exactly <laughs> mm. why they're there she's like listen danica was a threat quote in more ways than you know mm. picking that up noting that but she says danica was smart We had a working relationship. It wasn't like that. Hunt then asks about Maximus, and she calls him a spoiled little bitch (laughs) immediately, which I love. Not wrong. And again, I'm like, kind of like her. And she's like, I wouldn't be stupid enough to pick a fight with his dad. Bryce points out that the Viper Queen pulled her people in that night, and she says it was a precaution because she can taste the air and feel a charge when shit is about to go down. Good for snakes. Yeah. And then, this is my favorite part, she gives them a flash drive of her alibis that she's already had prepared. (laughs) Apparently, she was at the spa one of the nights, and then at another one of the nights, she was at a three-day drop party orgy. (laughs) Hunt, I'm picturing Hunt, like, taking the flash drive with, like, two fingers, and he's like, what the fuck? (sighs) And she's like, let me know if you get all hot and bothered. love okay it's so amazing because everyone is hot and just fucking all the time (laughs) but there's not a single character who's not having sex all the time in this book well i mean neither i think hunt hasn't had sex in like 200 years (laughs) is that true our leading 
Well, I guess Bryce has had sex somewhat recently, but she's not not yeah, as much in, as she, she used to. in the in the bathroom soberly. Right. Right. Lest we forget. <laughs> There are some weird back and forth where the Viper Queen appears to proposition both Bryce to work for her and Hunt uh, for sex. And then Bryce and Hunt get out of there, but not before the Viper Queen gives Bryce some parting words of wisdom where she says, look toward where it hurts the most. That's always where the answers are. Mm-hmm. And that ends our tour of the meat market. So snap your last few pictures, pick up your last few trinkets, because we are going to head now from the meat market to the secret library underneath the gallery. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Much cozier. Yeah, much cozier. Yeah, much better. The next day, Bryce decided it was finally time to make a list of Danica's movements the week before her death, right? Look toward where it hurts the most. She hasn't. She goes to the library of the gallery, but she kind of can't do it at first. She's getting really nauseous, definitely a little PTSD happening here. And our favorite fire sprite is like, what if you invited Hunt to come help? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. She's so shameless. She's like, but he's hot. (laughs) And he's dreamy. This is. Oh, I can't wait. I know. (laughs) And then importantly, Bryce is like, Lily, you're barely big enough to wrap your arms around his dick. (laughs) Which literature that. that, (laughs) Well, you know what else is literature? Lily's response, which is smoke swirled around La Haba at her puff of embarrassment. And the sprite waved her little hands to clear it away. Oh. <laughs> love that. She's so perfect. Wow. I love her. <laughs> I know. So she clearly just wants to hang out with Hunt, but Bryce is like, okay, fine. I actually will ask him to come help. So Hunt comes into the library. It's important to note that he's really cute with Lily. This is when I fall for Hunt is mm-hmm. when he's like interacting mm-hmm. with smaller creatures He calls her beautiful, and he offers her a finger for her to perch on. I know. I know. I know. Syrinx is there. Lily is saying something about, oh, Syrinx said this. Siri says you can brush him now. And so apparently he can talk. Nobody else can hear him, but Lily is like, no, he talks. Yeah, Lily and Siri can talk. So that's really cute, and I want more of that. In that category of extremely endearing hunt with small creatures it also says he approached the couch let syrinx sniff his fingers then scratch the beast behind his velvety ears syrinx let out a low growl of pleasure his lion's tail going limp bryce tried to block out the squeezing sensation in her chest at the sight of it so it's getting Bryce. Damn, too. boys with dogs, a scourge among us. I know. This does remind me the first time boyfriend of the pod, Mark, came over to my apartment for like t- I cooked him dinner for the first time. Oh. He brought little individually wrapped gourmet salmon treats for my oh. cat. Wow. And I was super cute with her, and that was kind of like yeah. game. Damn. Yeah. The individual salmon treats will really really get you especially when it's a cat when it's a man being really nice to a cat that's even more special i think yeah yeah 
Well, they keep talking about Searing's because Lily tells Hunt how Bryce bought and freed Searing's. Hunt realizes he made a wrong assumption about her just buying a designer pet. He thought, again, she was just a rich party girl buying this fancy pet. We get a couple of pieces of information that are maybe important, maybe just fun. One fun one is that Lily loves watching some kind of dating show that is basically porn that both Bryce and Hunt separately refer to as fangs and bangs. They (laughs) accidentally all watch a scene of a vampire and a wolf fucking, which, you know... Family movie night. Yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. great. At work. At work. At the library. They also mention, I don't know if we've talked about this before, all the critters living in the library who are maybe mm-hmm. Jessica's mm-hmm. former lovers and rivals, which would be amazing if so. But I don't know. I just feel like there is more to these critters and them just being little animals. Bryce and Hunt finally start to have a semi-friendly conversation where it seems like they might soon become allies, dot, 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 maybe more. And they talk about all these normal first date things, about her friends, her time in college, whether she's ever killed anyone before. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Usual. Just casual. (laughs) You got to. Um, Bryce says, yes, she has. And this is when we first get reference to some kind of situation with Danica that involved a stolen motorcycle and left them both injured. It's literally all we get now, but I think we get more of it in the next episode. So we'll talk about it then. Their little study session is interrupted by a text from Rune telling Bryce to meet him at Luna's Temple quote, because it's one of the few places without cameras. And so, folks, you know, get your little bookmarks from the, what's it called when you leave a museum and there's like a store? Oh, the museum yeah. shop. The gift, the gift shop. Yeah, the gift shop. <laughs> I think it's a museum shop. Let's, we'll do a little. With two P's and an E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. It would be so, the museum shop for the yeah. gallery and the library would, would be, be so good. It would be very Oh, my cute. God. We arrive at Luna's temple. Rune is there chilling next to a giant marble statue of Luna herself. There are a ton of tourists at the temple, snapping lots of pictures and going on tours, just like we are here today. And there are also temple acolytes who are Luna priestesses in training. And so they're cleaning the temple. And I think we learned they are, to answer the question I posed moments ago, the the people not fucking in. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Crescent City. They are indeed celibate. of celibacy. Bryce and Hunt meet up with Rune, and he veils them all in shadow. So the dynamic has shifted a bit in that Bryce and Hunt are now, like, kind of pretending to be best friends just to piss off Rune, which is really charming. Love. And I'm into it. Rune tells Bryce and Hunt that he's been tasked with finding the horn. We get some Luna's Horn backstory, which I am guessing will be important later, that Rune shares while showing them photos that he snapped of a manuscript in the Fae archives he found. Because he, like, went into the archives and a book shimmered and jumped out at him because, as we know and love, light calls to like. Of course. So showing them these pictures, here's what we learn. Luna's Horn was a weapon wielded by Peleus, the first starborn prince, during uh, the First Wars. The Fae forged it in their home world, mm. which I'm kind of like, oh, is that the Akatar world? Is it the Throne of Glass world? Which world is it? And used it to battle the demon hordes once they made the crossing. The horn mm-hmm. is now a dud. Sure. Sure it is. <laughs> but it's really important. It's really find. important to find, but it's definitely a dud. 
But it's broken. But it's broken because Peleus and the Prince of the Pit slash Star Eater slash Super Demon Prince Man fought for three days straight in the final battle of the First Wars, and Peleus used all the horn strength to banish the Demon Prince Boy and his armies back to hell and, quote, seal the Northern Rift forever. Except as to salt. Right, except for the little salt thing. Can you imagine fighting for three days? I mean, I can't imagine fighting, but can you imagine doing anything for three days? I can barely do anything for, like, four hours. Yeah, that's a lot. No, that's so much. Because Peleus is Rune's ancestor, and ahem, I just want to note, also Bryce's, no one knows how it works, but Rune should maybe be able to, like, find it. We also learn a little bit more about the demons who are hunting it. So there's this Star Eater demon, and he and all the demon princes really hate the horn, and so they bred a new horror just to hunt the horn down. Rune finds a picture of the beast. Lo and behold, it is the same one that killed Danica et al. Mm-hmm. It is apparently called the Crystallos. Crystallos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's so lightless that it has clear blood and teeth, which is horrifying. Yeah. A couple of other quick things that happen before we go to our next location. Hunt goes off to call one of his buddies to ask for help researching the Crystallos. He calls Justinian. I appreciate that Justinian is like, yeah, totally sure. Also, have you hooked up with Bryce yet? <laughs> <laughs> Lol. I appreciate that he says to him, no one gets a medal for suffering the most, which is really kind of him. <laughs> but he's like... Just go have sex, bro. What but are you doing? <laughs> Hunt definitely thinks he gets a medal. For He's trying most. so hard to win that medal. Yeah. And in the meantime, Bryce is questioning Rune about their dad's motives and making it very clear to him that just because they're working together doesn't mean anything's changed between them. And yeah. she throws the words he called her once in his face, which are half breed slut. Let us not forget. Ooh. He's like, I didn't mean that. She's like, yes, you did. I didn't mean that. I was only 60 years old or whatever. <laughs> I know. See, this is another This is another thing with Rune that it's really hard to get past because, yeah, at age 60, whatever, if you still don't know that you're not supposed to say that kind yeah. of shit ever, it's a pretty big red flag. But maybe we'll just pretend like. We'll just, we'll forget. We'll quickly yeah. forget. I like her comeback, yeah. though. Her comeback is exactly, I feel like, what we think. Like, you yeah. might dress like you're a punk rebelling against daddy's rules, but deep down you're no better than the rest of the face shit so good your chosen one ass like yeah i hope you practice that in the mirror like that was (laughs) yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh i do want them to wake up but it feels like they're not there yet okay folks we're gonna make a quick pit stop at the gallery before we head on to our final location because bryce does have to work at some point Essentially, we get two pieces of information here. This is like over a day and a half that Bryce is back at the gallery that might be completely extraneous or might come back later on just when we've nearly forgotten about them. We'll obviously neither confirm nor deny. Of course. Number one, this is kind of silly, but Bryce sells a statue to an asshole leopard shifter um, who, surprise, gets too touchy with her. The statue is of the gods Solus and Cathona, Portrayed as a son with male features burying his face in a pair of mountain-shaped breasts. LOL. (laughs) Yes. This is apparently a holy image Uh, known as... That's the tattoo. (laughs) That's the tattoo tattoo we're getting. We actually should. (laughs) That would be be great. 
Because, like, the abstract version, yeah. and she says her mom just wears it yes. as well. The abstract thing is just a circle on sort With of, like, two, a, triangles. You know, two points or whatever. We should do it. It's known as the embrace. So we could get the tattoo and be like, ah, yes, this is the piece of it's art known as the embrace. It's a holy symbol. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just, like, motorboating. <laughs> I think we should get it, honestly. A small one somewhere. For sure. <laughs> if this podcast, let, let's say right now, if this podcast makes it right if it lasts two like, years yeah yeah we're we'll getting get the yeah. we'll get a yeah. small one yeah a small one okay or a big one whatever <laughs> either way anything you want you can get a big one you can one get it like it. fully oh. graphically depicted <laughs> great i'm on yeah. board hell yeah so i don't know if we'll ever hear about that again but i thought that was so silly and amazing that. number two jessica calls bryce and asks her to send her a file from her office a side note this whole time she's threatening to turn bryce into a worm or a centipede and, but like affection. I know, but I'm already like, mind. can we get some new material here? <laughs> like, <laughs> if I were Bryce, like this would be so old to me right now. Yeah, I had a a coworker when I first started working out of college who he was older. I didn't report to him, but he was higher level or whatever. And I didn't know a Third Eye Blind song that was on. And then he spent the next year and a half, the rest of the time I worked there, fitting that. Oh, like, here's young millennial Will doesn't know who Third Eye Blind is. That was, like, the only thing he could say to me. Like, the only way he could make a joke. I feel like that's a very workplace thing is to have someone who just kind of has, like, one joke that they go back to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I would rather be threatened to be turned into an animal than constantly badgered about Third Eye Blind. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Bryce goes into the office where we learn about what I'm going to call Chekhov's Godslayer rifle. (laughs) There's a apparently a giant dismantled gun hanging behind Jesse Buzz's desk, and it's broken into four pieces. Bryce quote could have sworn a faint whine radiated from the golden steel, like it was still ringing after a shot. No Mm. one but Bryce and Jaseba know this, but in a safe nearby, there is a single six-inch golden bullet etched with our favorite new phrase, memento mori. I am Mm -hmm. sure that they are just mentioning that this Mm -hmm. gun is here. It's it's just three paragraphs. It's just a simple three-paragraph explanation of this gun and the single bullet. You know what, Dina? I said I wasn't going to confirm or deny, but I'm just going to say right now, like, sometimes a massive gun called the God Slayer rifle is just a gun. (laughs) It doesn't have... It's not, like, I think you're kind of reading into this a bit. No, for sure. Also, how do you know it's not a sex thing, you know? Whoa. Okay, stop trying to distract me with sex things, Will. Pit stop at the gallery concluded. We'll head over now to our final destination. No pun intended. The gate in the old square. This one is a little less fun because it turns out someone's been murdered again. Hunt calls Bryce and says they need to head over to the gate immediately because someone's been murdered And Bryce has a totally justified breakdown. She's like, nope, can't go. Too busy. And he basically forces her to join him. Which, this is fucking wild. (laughs) You have to come to the scene of a murder with me? That makes no sense whatsoever. I think it's just because they can't be separated, but it's like, have a fucking thought in but your head. But they were just separated. Yeah. That's why I had to call her. And she's like, save it. I think he's, like, on the roof, he's on the roof, wasn't he? 
I guess, but I thought we were going to get a little bit of Han after the meat market, after sort of realizing she has this trauma, I don't know, some introspection, but this is just fucking wild to force her against her will to go see what is obviously going to be a dismembered body. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, he's like, I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's a fucking murder scene. She's trembling as they get near it. You've been both a cop and assassin 200 years. You're not aware of what a murder scene looks like. Right. And poor Bryce is doing every breathing technique she's ever learned to try to keep her shit together. In lieu of therapy. Yep. Mm -hmm. In lieu of therapy. Yeah, rough. Poor Bryce is fully losing it. Rune shows up to be like, you don't have to see this, and calls Hunt a fucking asshole for bringing her. Which, like, yeah. Fair. Finally, Team Rune. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Team Rune. Taking a moment. Although Hunt says that he warned her and that she doesn't need him. You warned her, motherfucker. I know. You forced her to come. Get Jump off a cliff. I know. Without your wings. Although he does say, like, she doesn't need us deciding what she can handle, which that is fair, but you are not aware of her emotional state. Also, you literally made her come. Yeah. So you did decide what she can handle. Yeah, you, you fucking did. moron. Yeah. <laughs> So dumb. I'm just like, what is going on up in that head? Not much. He's not, not a much. brain. He's not a brain boy. No, he's not. They get past their little everyone hates each other moment and note that the acolyte's death was potentially due to them being at the temple. Oh, sorry. I don't know if they said this, but they look at the robe and they're like, oh, shit, this was an acolyte from Luna's temple. Mm. And they put two and two together and they're like, oh, my God, is this supposed to be a warning to us? We tried really hard not to be seen. Guess that didn't work. Bryce just walks away in a daze. And she's just reliving the event of two years ago. And Hunt goes after her. And then we get to one of the most fun reveals of the book so far. Hunt asks Bryce how the hell she survived the demon. Bryce says, I didn't survive. It got away. And Hunt, again, no brain cells in that beautiful Mm -hmm. head of his. None at all. None. Hunt, without thinking, is like, but how? The Cristalos pinned Micah and ripped open his chest. And Bryce and I are like, oh my god, that was Micah? So we know now that the original angel who was attacked the night that Danica died was the governor, Micah. Yeah, who Bryce saved. Who Bryce then saved. Micah. Yeah, a really fun reveal. Had no idea that was coming. Had completely forgotten. It's very subtle. I remember when I was rereading that thing. I think the only clue is when she gives the 911 operator the phone number Mm. of the angel. The operator's like, oh, shit. Like, what? And then sends, like, everyone. And it's not like... They were just like an incompetent 911 operator. No, they're like, they're like, oh, oh my God, it's the governor. Yeah. yeah. And with that, folks, today's little bus tour of Crescent City concludes. Please be sure to tip your tour guide. Snap those last few photos. Dina. Tip Dina. Yeah, me. That's me. <laughs> um, yeah, we need a Dina. actually tip Dina. <laughs> you can just Venmo me. But yeah, I'm really excited to dig into the micro-reveal next episode and everything that that means. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Huge thanks to the folks who have rated us five stars on Spotify or Apple. We love you. Yes. Can I just say serotonin is in short supply in this world it we is. live in. Yeah. And I just want you to know, if you are one of the people who have rated us five stars 
I want you to know that you're personally responsible for generating sometimes the only serotonin that your dear hosts receive in a given day. True. And so thank you. Yeah. You are a hero. Although I also think in a way you are obliged to like share the podcast and have other people rate five stars because in the pre-podcast life, I was used to less serotonin. And now that my tolerance has sort of been jacked up, I, just, <laughs> wow. I, like, I desperately crave an even greater supply than I used to need to get through my day to day life. Yeah. So in a way, like it's it's been really nice, but you've contributed to a bit of an addiction in the only way, I think, <laughs> to make up for that harm that you have caused by rating us five stars is good, good, to good. Yeah. Um, get other people to do the same uh or like email us or like comment something that you know no it's like no big deal but our mental health is on the line (laughs) yeah no we are kidding sort of kidding (laughs) we love you if you're enjoying the pod you want to give us a rating you want to tell your friends that would be so fantastic and until next time see ya bye